Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. DW Conspiracy Shack. I couldn't agree more. Hey, you are, boy. And that's where I stand too. Hey! Who are you? I'm Daniel. And I'm Wilbur. And we took a little break, but it's a new year. It's a new us and a new shack. We got some pallets and we, you know, reinforced the. The shell on this thing. Yeah. This thing is a fortress. Double wide. Double wide shack now. Yeah, you are. So now, uh, well, I don't know now what, but this shack is going to be an amazing <laughs> episode today. So get ready to uh, open your minds and free your soul on today's episode of DW Conspiracy Shack. We'll be talking about Christian Carl. Christian Carl? Mm-hmm. Like, he's a Christian? No, that's his name. His last name's Carl? No. Huh? We're talking about Rudolph Christian Carl Diesel. Oh, his middle name's Christian Carl? Mm-hmm. Okay. Never trust a man with two first names. He's, he's technically got three. Oh, okay. Well, Rudolph could be a last name. Yeah, but it also could be a first name. True. All right, he, and he gets a pass. He sounds like a decent man. Diesel. Rudolph Diesel, huh? That's mm-hmm. our subject today. Yeah. Uh, he was born March 18th, ni- 18, sorry, 58, in Paris, France. 1858. Mm-hmm. Okay, from France. He died in 1913 uh, on September 29th at age 55 in the English Channel. The English Channel is between Excuse mainland. Me, got the burps. Mainland Europe and England. Mainland Europe. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Yep, yep, yep. It's not the Atlantic side, it's right, the it's channel the side. In between, yes. Oh, near where Shell Grotto is. No. Yeah, that's on that side of England. I thought it was on the... Uh, maybe yeah, it's it on is. the far east far east side of it. But I think it's like th- four miles, five miles wide. The uh, what? English oh, the channel? channel? I don't know. It's right at what humans can swim. Because a lot of people... Yeah, like, some people swim across, right? Yeah, it's very hard to do. I could do it. But it's also because it's a shipping lane. Give me some... Fl- oh, yeah. <laughs> that might also be an obstacle to avoid. Man, I love Top Gear, but they took their homemade boat cars across it. Yeah? They just start sinking. <laughs> oh, no. There's like a cargo ship coming. Yeah, no. All right. So, his resting place... I'm reading a Wikipedia article, everybody. That's why I'm laughing, because I'm just going down his little information. Mm-hmm. You know, guess where it just says his resting place is? The bottom of the English <laughs> <Yeah>. channel. <laughs> no, this is the Northern Sea. But yeah, pretty. 
the bottom of the ocean. And here lies Rudolf Diesel. His so corpse born, is down there somewhere. Born in Paris, uh, but he's a German national. What's na- wait, German national? Like- yeah, he's a German citizen. Oh, okay. I thought that was odd. Wait, he was born in Paris, but he's a German citizen? Mm-hmm. Did he become German? I'm going to guess his parents. I don't have that information right now. I Well, maybe when we read here in a minute. I, okay. I wrote this like two weeks ago. Uh Oh, God. You know. Anyways, his other name. Did you know he had an, a other name? Like aliases? Mm-hmm. Oscar Litz. Oh, okay. Just, just. Interesting. You know, Alma Mater. Technical University of Munz. Or Munich? Munich. Munich, yep. Just That's in Germany. Like, and this looks like Munch. M-U-N-I-C-H. Mm-hmm. Yep, Munich. Occupation engineer, inventor, entrepreneur. He uh, he was, you know, credited for inventing the... Diesel engine. Yeah. Yeah, he had three children. He had a wife. He did have the Elliot uh, Carsian Medal of 1901. They even have a picture of his signature, which just looks like somebody wrote Diesel Fancy. Oh, Cool. All right, so Rudolph. Um, that is a cool last name, to be honest. Diesel. It's Diesel. I mean, it has different significance now, but just cool. That's all. Okay. That's all I got. Okay. So he was a German inventor and mechanical engineer who was famous for having invented the diesel engine, which burns diesel fuel, both named after him. Sweet. Anybody who doesn't know, diesel fuel... Uh, which we'll get into, I'm sure. Burns, it doesn't burn, burn. Like, you can sit there and try to light diesel on fire. It doesn't like to burn. Not like gasoline. It's Diesel engines are compression and heat-based, mm-hmm. which is, they're so much more efficient. Diesel engines go hundreds of thousands of miles more than gasoline engines because there's no, it's not a similar type of combustion, so they're not right. wearing out as fast. You know, it's right. not, you know, it's very, they're and they're cheaper, technically, diesel's cheaper to produce. Which is, I never understood that. With gasoline prices, diesel is always more expensive, but diesel is just a byproduct of making gasoline. It's not always more expensive. Uh, I should have filled up the, the a vehicle I have that's diesel the other day because it was cheaper than gas. Huh. I've and never it seen... happens. It's cost, supply, and demand yeah. is really what it is. Huh. And so you're kind of paying that well, that premium because they don't want as many diesels out there, which we'll talk about. But they also... Don't want to produce it if every eighty percent of the vehicles in the world or whatever you know right, running yeah. on gasoline. I mean, it's more commercial vehicles running on diesel. I wonder. Ugh, they're probably stealing all the diesel fuel and hoarding it. The elites of this world. It's just oil. I mean, it's just like it's like literally. From my understanding, is it's just easier to make than gasoline because it's less refined. Right. Yeah. But I think another reason why it kind of costs more is it takes more of the base product, crude oil, per gallon. I just always thought when they the production of ga- making gasoline, diesel is one of the byproducts, like the unpure like parts that they, you know, filter out basically to get the pure gasoline. I don't think it's exactly that. Mm-hmm. I think it's a different kind of process. Maybe the after. I know, like... No, diesel's before gasoline. I mean, like, after they separate whatever, all that, that other parts out. That could be used back in diesel fuel. Yeah. But I know that you can just make diesel... Like, you don't have to make gasoline to make diesel fuel. Right, correct, yes. Okay. But I think in the process of making gasoline, you do produce that stuff to make diesel fuel as a byproduct of producing gasoline. It could be. I just think, if I remember right, it takes more... <laughs> 
of the base product to make diesel. <laughs> I just funny that we're like, I oh have, yeah, we're we're we're, we're like exploring this, and then but neither of us have no freaking we idea. Know. We don't know, <laughs> no idea, but we do know. <laughs> yeah, so diesel was born uh, thirty-eight Rue Nordain de Nazarin in Paris, France. Okay, that's the place he was born. Okay, I think it's a church or not a church, a hospital. Okay, he was the second of three children for his mother Elisa and his dad Theodore. His parents were Boli- or Bulvarians, not Bolivian. I'm like, Bolivia is not in here. It's Bulvarian. Bulvarian. What's that? Mean? Uh, immigrants living in Paris. It's, now, once again, not a, not a geolo- geography buff. Okay. Or a geologist. I'm neither. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's one of the countries that like became Germany. Okay. It's not Bulgaria, right? Not Bulgarian. It has a V. Yeah, it has a V. Okay. All right. Just making sure. Bavaria. Okay. Hmm. B a v a r i a n. Bavarian. What did I say? Bavaria. Bavarian. Bavarian. Okay. Let me. I. I. I, I know. don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. But I do know when uh, I order food for the place I uh, work. Um, we get these pretzels in, and they're Bavarian pretzels. It's the same thing. So now, anyways, now I need to know. <laughs> So his parents were immigrants to Paris, so that's why he was a German national, as his parents were nationals. Uh, Theodore was a bookbinder by oh. trade. He left his hometown of Augsburg, Bavaria, in 1848. So he met his wife. Hmm? Sorry, Bavaria is just the southern German, like this part of Germany. Okay, I think there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Like Prussia doesn't exist anymore, and all you know, I th- like almost like a, I don't know. It's just like saying like. Florida for us, you know, it's part of the U.S., but Florida mm-hmm. is, so Bavaria is just that lower section. So he met his wife, and then shortly, uh, she was a leather good. Uh, shortly after they got married, he became a leather goods manufacturer. Oh, cool. Shortly after his birth, Diesel gave away, or sorry, Diesel had given away to the Vinikernerens farmer family, so uh, where he spent his first nine months. So he was born, and his parents gave him to this farmer family. <laughs> I don't know if that was common at the time. I don't know if there's something you did. If there was families that would take babies that you couldn't afford. Huh. So they wouldn't, like, starve to death. Yeah. I don't know. I know when my dad was little, uh, his parents basically, like, pushed him off onto his cousin's family for a long time. <laughs> or for a, a lot of time. We had similar stuff in our family. Yeah. And it was for those reasons of just... Oh, they just didn't like my dad. I could see it. <laughs> Was he born like that? They just didn't like him. I, I was making the joke. What? Born like what? How he looks. Oh, no. That was after the fact. I know. But it just... So at the time, the Diesel family suffered from extreme financial difficulties. Thus, young Rudolph and it, uh, had had to work in his father's workshop and deliver leather goods to customers using a barrow, which I'm going to assume is a wheelbarrow. A barrow? B-A-R-R-O? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, probably. I, I, yeah. I'm going to assume that's this, their word for... Like a wagon or yeah. something. Yeah, gotcha. He attended a Protestant French school and soon became invested in social questions and technology. Being a very good student, 12 years old, received a Scotia Paul Illustre Military Bronze Medal. Oh, wow. That's a big, that's high honor for a 12-year-old. <laughs> he had plans to enter the Ilsenau Il- the Primary Supreme in 1870. Hmm. It's French. I don't know. Uh, so he, he got all these awards as a 12-year-old. He was getting ready to go into a higher-end school. And then guess what happens? Uh, the Franco-Prussian War. Oh, war! Of course, war ruins everything. 
So his family were forced to leave, and they, uh, as well as many other Germans. So basically, French kicked you know France kicked them out. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. They settled in London, where Diesel attended an English-speaking school. Before the war ended, however, Diesel's mother sent 12-year-old Rudolf to Augustburg to live with his aunt and uncle. So back home. Mm-hmm. Now he's back to Bavaria. Am I saying it right? Are you going yeah, to- Bavaria. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> so he became fluent in German. At age 14, Diesel wrote a letter to his parents saying that he wanted to become an engineer. After finishing his basic education at the top of the class of 1830 or 1873, he enrolled in the newly founded Industry School of Augsburg. Two years later, he received the Merit Scholarship for the Royal Bavaria Polytechnical of Munich, which he accepted against the wishes of his parents. So his parents didn't want him to go all the way to this high-end school, and he just still went. Okay. Who would rather him? They wanted him to start working, basically. Yeah. So the parents that shipped him off to another family right off the rip, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then now they want him to work for, it so they can bring in more money for them. Okay. I don't think it was for them. I think they just wanted him to go into a career because they are in a whole different. They're in London and he's in Germany. Gotcha. Okay. So I just think they probably because keep mind education. This was when the start of like. I guess we'd say the modern education system was really taking hold. The Rockefeller education like system? going to college. I mean, kind of. Like becoming an engineer. Like this is the Industrial Revolution. You know, this one. Yeah, when that's going built. on. Yeah, for that. And he wanted to be an engineer. Yeah. So it'd be like, you know, in the 80s, wanted to go into computers. And, yeah, and computers. Okay. yeah, yeah. It's like your parents, it's not that they had ever. Yeah. So they probably don't understand that what he wanted to it's do. Like, no, come on farm. Like, it's like a fad, right? Yeah. You remember when they... I, I was right at the age where they would say we never were going to have a calculator in our pocket. Yeah. And now I can literally talk to a box and answer any question I have about anything. And then take a selfie, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I also... You know, they were talking. It would have been a little bit before us, but when computers were a fad, like, they were just... Everybody was convinced, 100%. Mm-hmm. Computers were not going to stick around. And now you cannot live without them. Pretty much, yeah. And it's kind of scary. So in 1890, Diesel moved to Berlin. He hadn't got married at this time. He had children. He had Rudolf Jr., Hetty, and Eugene. Never, I've never seen the name Hetty. Um, I've heard Hedley. No, it's H-E-D-D-Y. Hmm, Hetty. I wonder if it's short for something. No. Hmm. Must be a German name. Yeah, probably. To, uh, and he assumed a management position of the Lindau Corporation Research and Development Department and had joined several other corporation boards there. So he took over management position. I skipped a little bit ahead, just so. I skipped a bunch of his school stuff. Okay, yeah, I mean, he's smart. People. He's very smart. Do you want me just to go ahead to when it gets weird? But, okay, so he's smart. He got it. What'd you say? He got a job at a, some corporation? He didn't only get a job at, he was the manager of the research and development of this giant corporation. Oh, neat. And he was on the board of several other massive corporations. And for everybody, keep in mind, Germany, for the longest time, was the f- the f- uh, the forefront of technology. Of technology. I, and the, they still are, to some degree. Yeah, like, yeah. They, between us, Germany... Uh, they got some restrictions in the 1940s. <sighs> yeah. The, the, mid to late 1940s. They got, for some reason, they got rules put on them. Something happened. But They're like, hey, you know, you're not allowed to do these technologies anymore. Uh, and, oh no! They just uh, hit it and moved it to other countries. And no, no. I mean, they said Germany's not allowed to do these technologies anymore. Right. So here you comes, work for us here. Yes, exactly. You're, going, you're moving to Texas. Right. Exactly. Hey, you're moving to NASA. I hope you like the heat. <laughs> yeah. All right. Do you want me to continue? Yeah. All right. 
so basically, yeah, he kept he kept working. Uh, okay, let me get to where I was. You got me thrown off. So he moved there. So his first work with steam in researching the thermal efficiency and fuel efficiency, leading him to build steam engines using ammonia vapor instead of water. Oh, okay. During test, however, the engine exploded and almost killed him. <laughs> Jeez. It had thrown him against the wall, and there was shrapnel embedded in the wall a couple inches away from his head. Jeez. That's pretty scary. Yeah. I mean. I, I'll tell you a story. I had a buddy that did tires. Oh, no, and exploded. I'm... No, so he was in the roller, and it has a cage on it. Yes. The tire exploded through the cage, through the wall right beside him. It's like that video of the guy that uh, shot that shot Tannerite and tried to blow up that fridge. Do you <laughs> see comes that? Fly, the door Co- comes flying. flying right by him, and he just ducks behind the tree, and it just grazes or misses My him. favorite one of those is one of the giant propane tanks. They set yeah. on fire. Yeah. And they wouldn't blow up, so they shot it, and he just goes like a rocket. <laughs> into a woods oh, and it just no. flies disappears oh, no. and it's dark and they're like oh. and then the woods like two miles away just starts glowing oh no my god like, like, you can just hear the guy's voice like oh I messed up <laughs> yeah you think I messed up oh my gosh <laughs> alright come on so he spent many months in the hospital after this following by followed by health and eyesight problems Whew. Uh, his face was burnt, and he lost one of his eyes, essentially. He's like, my dad. This-, this is your dad. <sighs> Go on. So ever since oh, the ten- My dad did have the thing explode a bit. Uh, okay, I can't get okay. too much detail. So it exploded and should have murdered him, mm-hmm. but he lived. Except he got covered in molten 800-degree plastic. Oh, he got uh, covered in extremely hot ammonia. Yeah. So, which okay. both sound like they suck. Yes. Was ever since attending a lecture from Von Linden, Diesel worked out on designing an internal combustion engine that approached the maximum thermal or the maximum theoretical thermal efficiency of the carrot cycle, which is a, like a, a, a thought experiment, basically. Okay. In 1892, after working on the ideas for several years, he considered the, his theories to be completed. In the same year, Diesel was given the German patent uh, patent for the DP or DRP six. 7207 is a patent. Right, right, patent number. Mm-hmm. In, 19, or in 1896, or 1893, he published a treasury entitled Theory of Construction of the Radical Heat Engine to Replace the Steam Engine and the Combustion Engine Known Today. So he's getting rid of everything. He's like, this is going to be the big one. Yeah. And he had been working on it since early in 19, or 1892. This treasury, or treachery, uh, formed the basis of his work and the development of the diesel engine. By the summer of 19 or 1893, Diesel had realized that his initial theories were erroneous, leading him to file another patent application to correct his theory in 1893. So after he started building, he's like, okay, there's issues. Okay. So that's the thing with designers and engineers and like, you know. Yeah, you always run in. Yeah. Everything looks good on paper. Until Every, you- yeah. So you put it to practice. Diesel understood thermodynamics in the theoretical and partial, I mean, practical construction of fuel efficiency. He knew as much as 90% of the energy available in the fuel is wasted in the steam engine. His work in the engine design was driven by a goal for a much higher efficiency ratio. In, the, in his engines, fuel was injected at the end of the compression stroke and it was ignited by the high temperatures resulting from, from that compression. So like we were saying, you know, it's not, there's no, uh, there's no spark plug. 
right in, in a, diesel in engines. a diesel engine right so in his engine the fuel was yeah so from 1893 to 1897 Hertz von Brutz director of oh my gosh so Preston's gonna yell at me because I'm sure he knows all these words uh okay you want me to try it? No. <laughs> it's Oshberg. In, oh. in Augustburg, sorry. In <laughs> Augustburg. The first word literally has like 30 letters. Yeah. And it looks like a word. It looks like music mechanic until it's frick a, frick a, at the end. That's just typical German. Yeah. So uh, they gave Rudolph an opportunity to test and develop his ideas. The first successful diesel engine Motor 250-400 was officially tested in 1897. It's now on display in the German Technological Museum in Munich. Hmm. Besides German or besides Germany, Diesel obtained patents for his design in other countries, including the United States. His first mistake. Uh oh. In which he was introduced into the Automobile Hall of Fame in 1978. Okay. So He's making waves. This is where it gets weird. He's done all this amazing work, and he completed his first actual diesel engine, okay, which is more effective and more efficient than anything else on the market available at the time in 1897. Okay. Uh, so like you said, steam. So steam, it's not gas like we had today. It's a different, you know, it's a little bit different thing. Yeah. So they both those engines existed. Okay. I mean, coal fire, you know, that's what steam is. Right, right, exactly. So he develops this engine that's much more efficient, and he does his, like I said, his crucial mistake, is he filed a patent in the United States. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what happened to Rudolph. So, so yeah, I mean, yeah, he's developed a good, uh, efficient engine that would probably benefit a lot of people. He should have, he should have developed a life jacket is what he should have done. Well, yeah, probably a a gun too. That'd probably have helped, but who knows? Um, but yeah, built this built this awesome engine, built this diesel engine, very effective, very efficient, and it's new, better than anything before. So you know he's doing good things. So what All happens? Right. Disappearance and death. Oh, so- like I said, he ended up where was his resting place? The bottom, the bottom of, of the ocean. Yeah. Which I just laughed because it's the Wikipedia page. It's just like the bottom of the ocean. Right. There should be a plaque. Here lies. Just a buoy. Yeah. Or Rudolph somewhere out here. So he disappeared off the the Dredesen. The Dredesden. It's a, the ship in Antwerp Harbor. That's where it's like was parked. Mm-hmm. All right, 1913. On the evening of September 29th in 1913, Diesel boarded the Great Eastern Railway. The rail, oh my gosh. Yeah, there you go. Railway. (laughs) And then he got on the steamer, SS Dredesen, and Antwerp on his way to a meeting of the Consolidated Diesel Manufacturing Company in London. So they wanted him to come out. He took dinner on board the ship and then retired to his cabin around 10 p.m., leaving a word to be called the next morning at 6.15 a.m. But he was never seen alive again. Mm. Never showed up that morning, did he? No. Well, so the, he basically ordered a wake-up call yeah. at 6.15. He took his dinner into his room. 
Uh, yeah. So he was going to this company that only existed because of him. Right, yeah. This giant corporation. Uh, yeah. So what do you think so far? About? Just, just. In general? Yeah, he was never seen again. Never seen again. Oh, no. Maybe, uh, maybe, uh, I'm sure nothing nefarious happened to No, it. nothing nefarious happened. No. Uh, so. <laughs> all right. In the morning, his cabin was empty and his bed was not slept in at all. So someone was in there waiting, basically. Yeah, although his night uh, his nightshirt was neatly laid out and his watch had been left there uh, where it could have been seen from the bed, his hat neatly or his hat uh, his hat and neatly folded overcoat were discovered beneath the after deck railing. Beneath oh so like, his watch uh, and everything was in like he was inside. getting ready for bed. Yeah, he never made it to his bed. Right, his hat and his trench coat were found neatly folded, stuffed under the railing. Outside, like outside. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. 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 Shortly after Diesel's disappearance, his wife opened a bag that her husband had given her just before his ill-fated voyage, with directions that it should not be opened until the following week. Ooh. Okay. So she he gives his wife this mysterious package, and like don't open this until a week later. Right. Did she open it? Yes. Okay, I need to know what's in it. She discovered 20,000 German marks. Which is money, right? It's money. Okay. It's equivalently right now to about $150,000. Oh. A financial statement indicating that their bank accounts were virtually empty. Oh, okay. So before this trip, he had drained all of his money. Yeah. Put it in a sack and gave it to his wife. Okay. He transferred it to German money. Yeah. For her. In the diary Diesel brought with him on the ship, and the date on the date of September 29th, a cross was drawn, possibly indicating his death. A cross was drawn. Like he drew a cross on the page. There's no entry. Oh, okay. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. So this goes from he fell overboard. We'll we'll talk about it. Commit suicide, get thrown, whatever. You know, there's a lot. A lot of options here. So 10 days after he was last seen, the crew of the Dutch pilot ship, the Coruscant, came upon a corpse of a man floating in the eastern uh, surbit. The body was such an advanced state of decomposition, it was completely unrecognizable. Hmm. They did not retain it aboard uh, because of the heavy weather. So they never pulled it on ship because they seen it floating in the middle of a heavy storm, and it was really far gone. Right. Like, they knew it was a person— but it's like it's raining really hard, and that thing's rotting. Yeah, I don't want to we'll deal be with like, this. We'll just tell them, like, yeah, there's a body. We don't know who it is, but they're out there. Instead, the crew retrieved the personal items, such as a pill case, wallet, ID, card, pocket knife, eyeglass case, from the clothing of the dead man and returned his body to the sea. Okay. So they just took all of his stuff so he could ID him and stuff like that. Wait, what was it? What was all this stuff again? Mm. Say that again. Pill case, wallet, ID. Card, pocket knife, and eyeglass case. Oh, okay. Not so. No hat. No watch. All right. No, because they were on the ship. Well, if that's his body. Yeah, we'll get to there. Okay. Once again, they never they never brought his body in. Uh, so on October thirteenth, these items were identified by Rudolph's sons, Eugene, and they belonged to his father. Oh, so they were hundred percent. Okay. Well, I'm not saying that there weren't his items. The ship guy, the the small cat, the small ship may have been paid to say they found his body. Yeah, but wouldn't the son? 
there's they didn't ID the body, they ID'd the stuff. Stuff. Oh, gotcha. Could be like, hey, so you found the stuff in the ocean. Yes, okay. Gotcha. That kind of thing. But it could have been in his room. Yeah. It could have been on him when they beat him to death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was various theories explaining Rudolph's death, such as Diesel's uh, biographers, Gross, Grosser, uh, 1978, and German names I hate. That's very angry and sounding. And- Citerer, oh. in 1978, had argued that he committed suicide. Okay. Another line of the thought, though, suggested he was murdered, given his refusal to grant the German forces the exclusive rights to use his invention. Ah. So there was a lot of, right before he left, the German army, keep in mind, this is 1913. Right before World War I, right? Yeah. Okay. Gearing up, he's going over to London and the United States. Yeah. And they wanted the exclusive rights to the diesel engine. They were like, no, don't summon other countries. And he's like, no, you know. He probably didn't know that they were literally on the cusp of war. Right, manufactured war. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he kind of maybe got talked to. And I I, I thought that, what, what year did the World War II start? World War II? World War One. I'm sorry, World okay. War One. Um, World War One. Here, I'm going to find out right now just so we're. Wilbur's looking it up. World War One started. <laughs> I, just, I I googled that World War World War One blah, blah. World War One started in Google and the first you know auto response or suggested said over a sandwich. Is that true? I don't think so. It started nineteen fourteen, so the year after. Okay, Jeez. I thought so. Yeah, I thought it was the same year. Uh, um, July twenty eighth, nineteen fourteen. So already we got suicide. Yeah. We got German army. The German army highly suggested that they became exclusive rights to it. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, 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 which is probably not the best thing to do. Uh, yeah. Uh, Diesel had boarded the Dredison in the intent of meeting representatives with the British Royal Navy to discuss the possibility of powering British submarines by diesel engine alone. So this sounds like it has military intelligence all tied in with it. Yeah. And they want the rights to this awesome, efficient new engine that just hit the market, mm-hmm. basically hit the market or hit the patent market. I don't know. Like, huh. And military intelligence has right ties. Right before the Great War started. Right. And from what I understand, I mean, what they tell us how this war started. Oh, they assassinated Archduke. It's probably... Uh, kind of like how all of our wars are See, now today. Even are, without that, yeah. without the you know manufactured war, uh-huh. I think the arch the assassination they were already gearing up for it. Oh, absolutely, and that was the excuse. Yeah, it, that's what I'm saying. Like okay. that's that's the manufactured part. Was, they create that scenario to initiate. Oh, oh now we got to go to war. Like now, like nowadays, that like, or being less conspiratorial, which it doesn't matter because it's happened. Yeah. Uh, that they were the tensions were already so high. Germany was already pushing borders, eating yeah. up these tiny countries. So it was just going to pop off, mm-hmm. and that was the final straw. Whether they just need an excuse to, yeah, and then get everybody on board with it, because you know you can't really have war unless like uh, all the unless citizens, you know, the common people are supportive of it or uh, want it. I don't know. Ask Russia. What do you mean? Half of their or most of their countries doesn't know when they're at war when they're fighting. Say no or don't know. They don't know. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Like there's all like, uh, there's a couple vloggers I follow and stuff that do all the traveling and backpacking. Yeah. And they talk to Russians about how the world views Russia. They yeah. have no idea. 
Right, yeah, yeah. Because I don't know. We're not doing that. We're not you know, flying fighter pilots over Alaska and stuff. Like It just goes to show how... Uh, so I'm just yeah, saying, don't you don't have to have the popular... You just have to either keep them really in the dark or yeah, be like true. World War II and get everybody true. in on it. And you just... Yeah, you just need an excuse to start it. And most of the time, I don't know. I just don't think... I don't think 90% of war is even necessary in modern, in modern day. You so, know. so far, we have suicide. And we have he was killed by the German army... Because they wanted the exclusive rights to his engine. Or some other military intelligence well, that doesn't want Germany to have it, you know? What if he never died? Ooh, he just escaped. He faked his death and escaped? Maybe he didn't. Another theory of his apparent death is a ruse staged by the British government to cover his detection for the British army. And then he went to either Canada or America and worked in shipyards in Montreal or New York. Huh. New York, the state. Yeah. When there's ability to produce the diesel engines for the what would be the you know the allies, yeah, submarines, which is is kind of an interesting theory because he gave and the thought in this one, sorry, didn't mean to cut. No, you off. you're good. I just wanted to finish this thought before yep, before I go. Yeah, uh, the thought is why he left the money, yes. into the note for his wife, so she could get there too. Yep, and make it all look like legit. Yeah, like oh my husband died, she could get her kids and be like okay, well, you know, let's start a new life somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. And they wanted to really sell this so the Germans wouldn't come looking for him. Yeah. Uh, and that's military intelligence for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And this is, uh, but the evidence is limited for this explanation is disappearance and death remains unsolved. Hmm. So we got, you know, counter sabotage. We got, you know, I could see either one of the, the armies doing either thing. Oh, yeah. Been like, because the body, here's the thing. 10 days, out, or no, not even 10 days, September 29th, and yeah, about 10, 11 days out in the ocean. The body was supposedly extremely decomposed. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All of his artifacts were fine. Yeah. He's getting constantly crashed by waves. Stuff's going to work your, like, feet pop off. Like, right, you know, a couple days in that's the, the first, water. Yeah, that's the first thing that do pop off usually. And it's because our shoes. It's you know, it's our shoes are kind of buoyant. Well, that's why the that shoes tendon, float. Yeah, and the, yeah. the tendon. Well, it works. Your ankles. It, it works a joint like a bobber. Yep, your ankles are bobbing, and yeah. it just there's nothing holding it on besides tendons. Right, exactly. So to me, I think either way, and you have to look this up for me. When was Edison alive? Thomas Edison. Yeah. Um, was he still murdering people at this time? You mean his entire life? I know. I just I, I can't remember if this is one of the. Thomas Thomas Edison was born. Oh, he's born in Ohio. Oh, no, that wow. makes sense. Um, February eleventh, eighteen forty-seven, and he died nineteen thirty-one. So yes, in yes. the height of Thomas Edison. Yeah, the ones we'll talk about in a sec. Because he did this to somebody else. Because uh, there was, if I remember right, he tried to buy the patent. I didn't he do? I mean, what to like Tesla? Didn't he screwed over Tesla? I know that. There's some. There's arguments depending on who you talk about that. But that was all public show because they were both members of the same private club. Yeah. And they were doing that to kind of keep the the fight alive. I don't know. Hmm. It, there's a lot there. Yeah, I just think Thomas Edison's a POS. Everybody does. No, not anyone he that's... Killed an elephant. 
Not Several anyone that's elephants. not paying attention. I mean, they when we were in school, like elementary school, they praised and praised and praised Thomas Edison. Such BS. Rock. Oh, never mind. I'm gonna say I about said the name and the word, but I'm sure we'll get to that. Yeah. So, uh, what were you saying about the cane? I'm sorry, I cut you off a minute ago. Oh, no, um, no you actually said my thought. Um, um, it's interesting that he gave that money beforehand. And then all of a sudden, like, it's like he knew he was going to either be killed or knew he right. was going to disappear. But either way, he knew he was going to be gone. Yeah, I mean, you just told the German government no. Yeah. I mean, maybe At that's, the time. Maybe that's all he had. To, like, okay, this might get hairy. Yeah. And then you get this business meeting the next whatever. Yeah, and he's like, I got it, you know. It's probably going to go good. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and he's smart. He might understand, like, what was coming, so... He's not a dumb guy, so very possible. And then, you know, the British government, they did this kind of stuff all the time. Oh, they still are. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm just saying, everybody does it now. Yeah. And this time, you're talking about the world's greatest powers. Right, yeah. In 1913, the United States, Canada, England, and Germany were probably, you know, out of all the forces in the world, Mm -hmm. were probably the strongest. Exactly. Four four or five. Canada just was strong because of us. I'm sorry, Canadian listeners, our Canadian... Our Canadian listeners, Canada's, you know, the reason you're not Russia is because the United States is on, is keeping you from Russia. What do you mean keeping you? The Alaska. What, we hold them? Oh, gotcha. There's the land between Russia and Canada is U.S. owned. I wish Canada was stronger and like uh, overthrew their, been like the truckers in Canada and actually stood up for themselves. See, they're like the Canadian, Canada. Canada, yeah. It's like the cousin you get. That you don't care for, but he's still your cousin. What? <laughs> well, okay. So if he's getting in a fight, you got to protect him. Yeah. Because he's family. Yeah. But you're like, uh, just just shut up, Trudeau. Oh, so Canadian government. And That's what I'm talking about, not the all, people. Yeah, the people are amazing. I love I love the Canadian people. When we go up fishing, you know, yep. near the border and stuff like that, they're always nice. My whole I'm tr- talking about the governments. Yes, governments are god-awful. Like, one of the worst one of the worst, and but that's all for other that's different global episode. cabal reasons, I'm sure. Well, so, yeah. so in 1950, uh, Majito Yakamoto, the uh, founder of Yamaha, not Yamaha, Yamano, the diesel engine manufacturer in Japan, okay, uh, visited West Germany and learned that there was no tomb or monument for diesel. Okay. So they all, you know, this company, the largest diesel manufacturer, the the founder of it, went to Germany to visit the birthplace of Rudolf. Right. And found there's nothing there. He was, uh, sorry, Yakimo, or Yakimo, and the people associated with diesel began to make presentations to honor him. In 1957, on the occasion of the 100th anniversary of diesel's birth and the 60th anniversary of the diesel engine development... They donated a Rudolf Diesel monument and garden, which is called Rudolf Diesel Grachemannischen, <laughs> in the uh, Whistlebrosh Park, uh, where Diesel, you know, spent his childhood. So I just, you know, it's funny that nobody there wanted to, to, you know, glorify him. It took a Japanese man traveling to Germany and being like, hey. Oh, uh, never mind. Yeah. I, I was going to do an accent. I very probably shouldn't. <laughs> Hey, yeah, that's yeah. very Japanese. No, I was that was the start, and then I was gonna go jump right into it. It's like when you did your German accent, and it literally came out straight Japanese that one time. <laughs> yeah. So 
and the diesel engine is in everything now from submarines and ships to locomotives, trucks, and you know, the diesel engine is everywhere. Uh, diesel was interested in using coal dust and vegetable oil as fuel as well. And his engines even ran off of peanut oil. Wow. That's and, awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so modern diesel engines, I don't think it's the same quite thing. No, they probably, uh, cause you have to modify the oil a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause where I used to work, they used to come get the oil to run in diesel. Right. Like, but I think you got to do like, you got to do yeah, a little bit to you it. You make some modifications to it. Yep. I think it's the oil now. It's just not as pure as what they had back then. Gotcha. I think it's much more, not watered down, but not as potent. Okay. So I think you need to get it back to being more potent. Oh, you're, yeah. I think, I, I, like vegetable oils. It's dirty, and, like too dirty or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. To where I, sure it'll run. You got to clean it and filter it. I know that. And then you can feed it into a diesel engine, but I think you might have to make some small modifications also to your diesel yes. engine. Yeah. To eat it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I got for his life. So his death. Yes. Also, there's the Edison line. So the guy and another Edison, line too. Edison killed a bunch of people, a bunch of inventors. Whether I don't care who says that I'm wrong, whatever he did, mm-hmm. he did. Maybe him not himself because he was this you know fat round man, but he had two giant goons that happened to appear everywhere that these mysterious inventors were dying. Hmm. Uh, I cannot think. You should look up the name of this guy, but the the guy that actually invented. The moving picture camera. Okay. The first ever. It's like four or five years before Edison came out with it. Okay. He was coming to America to the World's Fair. Uh, Louis Le Prince? Yeah. Is that him? Yeah. Nobody believed, maybe, I don't know. Nobody believed that he did it until like decades yet later. Yeah. They found the video he took. And it's not like a video like today, guys. Oh, it's Francis Ronalds. Yes. It's not like a video today. You know, it's moving pictures. Right, it's taking several pictures back to back very quickly. Right, and then but it was this little girl dancing. It was her spinning. Yeah, I've seen it. I yes. think I've seen it before. That Edison claimed it was his. Uh. It was his. It's his daughter in where they lived in yeah. Europe. He was coming on a ship over to America. He literally had all of his savings. He was going to the World Fair to you know basically had all these kids. Yeah, you know he had a big family. There was a ton of inventors, ton of investors interested in his invention in the World Fair. They just wanted him to come and he actually had a presentation slot, which was extremely hard to do. Edison or the other guy. No, the other, the other guy. guy. Yes, gotcha. And he was on the ship to come to America and he committed suicide. On the ship. Probably. On the ship. Hmm. So here's the thing is, I can't remember the name of the Edison's goons, uh, but a researcher I was listening to, basically the goons got on the ship the same time he did in mm-hmm. England and they never got off. The goons never got off? Yeah. They just stayed and rode back to England. Hmm. They were just on there to throw people into the ocean. Yeah, basically, yeah. There's a couple of them on his list, and that was the main guy. Because mm-hmm. he tried, Edison tried to buy it, like, hundreds of times. He sent people over to his home country, like, to offer, and it was offering him nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, equivalent of, like, $1,000 a day for the, like, of today's money for the patent. Right. And he's got people, I can't remember the investor's name. That had paid for his spot at the World Fair. Okay. Basically saying, hey, if you get here, I paid for your spot. You have a talking, you know, you got a presentation slot, all this. I took care of all that. You just got to get here. And Edison's like, mm-hmm, hope you can swim like 4,000 miles. The um, Atlantic is cold this time of year. I'm looking up some. Um, I think I'm on a rabbit hole. Yeah, no, Edison's not. So could it have just been an Edison thing? 
Imagine Edison getting visited both by the the German government and the British Royal Navy after this. Okay. If he did kill Rudolph. Yeah. Because then you know he messed with he messed with the people that are about to start World War One. He took out the main like a, the, one of the biggest pawns because he wanted to buy the invention. And right. Imagine yeah. Getting visited like oh, it's almost just like control of technology in general. 100%. That's what Edison did. Yeah. Exactly. And who and I'm I'm looking up now. He did like, that with the the no, it's not a record player, but what's the the wax disc, the wax tubes, wax tubes. What do you mean? An Edison graph, a phonograph, phonographs. The do what do they do? It's These, Edison's. They, it's like a record. Okay. You can but record it's a music. Tube? Yeah, it's like a wax tube. Hmm. Yeah, it has grooves. Edison and quote unquote invented it. Yeah. And it was actually invented like four years before. Like that's what he did. You know, Edison didn't invent anything. He. No. Either paid for patents. Yes. Uh, which was probably, and I wouldn't say this, it would probably be in your best interest, you know, just to let him buy the patent. Yeah, because you're going to end up dead. You're going to end, you're not going to win. I wonder, though, if it's just not even, I almost even feel like he didn't, he was just a face. Like he didn't, he wasn't that smart of an inventor or creator. No, no, I don't think Edison created anything. I no. think he was an extremely violent businessman. Right. I think he was smart. Don't get me wrong, but I think it was. Financial intelligence of seeing yes. what products and what inventions were going to blow up the market, and, or was he just the head of that, like the head of that department of, like the public part of that department? Whether behind him is this whatever I major financial backing or corporation or uh, who knows? To my personal opinion, is that didn't come until probably towards the end of his life, between the world wars. Okay, when those cabals or those things. Started to coagulate. Yeah. I think at that time, from at least most of Edison's life, they were still small. As in individuals or a couple people running these whole secret campaigns and all this. I think it was still small. And then during the, in between the World Wars or after World War II is when it started. Same with the U.S. government. I think they were still government before. You know, there's government does bad things. I don't care what government you're, government does bad things. Right. I don't think they got to the level they are today until after World War Two. Oh, absolutely. And I, so I don't think a lot of that stuff, even on the private company side, all that, yeah. I don't think it coagulated no. until after World War Two. And I think that was kind of the point of having the World War was to, you know, cause all this destruction, mayhem, and they're restructuring, you know, the, uh, the, the power structure, you know, and fortifying these companies and corporations into government and using war as the See, catalyst I, to get cha- for change. I think... World War II was, how do I want to say this? Natural. As in, the Germans were doing that stuff, and the U.S. just stepped in because it didn't really want to step in because it waited forever. And then all the power grabbing happened immediately after. For sure, for sure. Because that's when, like, the CIA came around, the F, you know, the FBI. The uh, CIA was born. Israel, Mossad. All of that was born from World War II. Absolutely, yeah. So I don't think World War II itself was orchestrated for anything like that. But oh, I think I a bunch of, and that's fine. I'm just yeah. saying what I think. Yeah. I think a bunch of these organizations then took it mm-hmm. and ran with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think you World make War II a, just happened. What's that saying? You make a, a what is it, a tragedy, like you turn a, ah, like when you turn a tragedy into a, you take advantage of a, ah, why can't I think of this? You take advantage of a bad situation for, you know, to benefit yourself. I don't know. I, I think Rudolph just got stuck in the middle. 
Oh, yeah. I think he he was a smart person that created an amazing invention to benefit not himself or people in power, to benefit the common man. And there's where his mistake was. I don't even think he did it to benefit the common man. I think he was just the inventor. Right, like, yeah. A lot of inventors... But uh, I mean, if you watch Shark Tank, you see it. Yeah, like, real inventors—they're weird people. Right, but why do they make these inventions to make people's lives better? I don't think—I don't think some of them do. You don't think so? I don't think they do it to make anything bad. Yeah. I just think they have a thirst, and they just do it. Right. Because there's all these inventors that make stuff that doesn't affect life. Well, now modern for sure. No, I'm yes. talking even then. Yeah. There's tons of—I mean, you were talking about the World Fair had. 80% of the inventions didn't matter. Yeah. For a reason. Yeah. It's because people had the drive to invent. Right, yes. And I think he was one of these kids that just had the drive to invent to make a more efficient diesel engine. I don't think he made it personally. It's a personal thought. I don't think he made it personally to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. I think he was that type of, it's a tr- certain type of mindset. Where like, oh, this is greatly in- efficient. I can make it better. Right, yeah, exactly. Not for any in particular, like, positive or negative. Well, I mean, just to make it better. But yeah, that's the which, inventor, which is in turn positive thing. Right, it yeah. is a positive thing, but I don't yeah. think that was his motivations. It, which are like nowadays. Oh, let's do the light bulb thing. That's a perfect example. Modern day. There was one on Shark Tank that had a solar powered. It looked like a pillow, right? You yeah. Could blow up, but it was a solar powered light. And why it was a pillow is because it then would illuminate a large area. Okay. Like a plastic pillow, and now it's used for like, say, like countries that have disasters and stuff because it's solar powered. Yeah. You just leave it on your back or whatever. And that night you have a big flashlight. Uh-huh. They w- they didn't invent it for anything like that. They basically invented it for a book lamp. Right, yeah. They just invented it. You but, know, it's Well, I was going to say like with modern day light bulbs, they convene together to make sure light bulbs don't last ex- don't last a certain amount of time because they want them to be what's the word uh depreci- they want to not to depreciate but kind of that. Demonstrable. They, is that the word? I think it is. They, yeah, they want them to break down in a certain amount of time. So you have to constantly buy light bulbs, buy light bulbs, buy light bulbs. And some guy invented a light bulb that would last, you know, forever, basically. There's still that one in the and, firehouse. Yeah, it's in, still lit. In California? Uh, it's out west. Is it out west? Yeah, it's yeah. California. I've never seen the it on a... It's still... Like, I just watched it on Mythbusters. It's, it's California, because that's where they were based out of. Okay. It was... The only reason it lasted is... It was also, you know, extremely well built. Yeah. But the desert... Dryness uh-huh. also prevented it from corroding the That's elements right. and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, it le- it's 115 years or something Still, like that. And they never turn it off. No, because they're scared. Yeah. They're, they won't, They actually, I think the last time I looked up a picture, there's a cage around it. Yeah. Because they were scared of like bugs and stuff bumping into it. Yeah. It's old, but it still works. The glass is like yellow and melting. Yeah, right. But it's still, and it's still on. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. Yeah. Like the, I forget what that light bulb thing is. You can look it up if anyone listening. Like, yeah, they make light bulbs now. You cannot. It's illegal, which is insane, to build or you're breaking some sort of contract or law. You cannot have. And it's the people that set this up or the people inventing like or people creating them. So they always are constantly staying in profit. See, and we said it's the a same scam thing with the brown energy episode. Yeah. Where there are solar panels that do last 70, 80 years and are hyper efficient. Yeah. That's not the ones being built. No. That's, you know, like you said, light bulbs. Yeah. There are light bulbs that will last longer than you do. Yep. That's not the ones being built. Because they're not allowed by law now. Like, uh, and I don't, you know, I don't care for this type of solar panel, well, not solar panels, the wind farms and stuff they're building now. Yeah. I'm not saying I like wind energy, just not that system. But like a lot of companies and corporations are only allowed to get, I think it's like eight or 10% of their monthly energy from those sources. Stupid. 
stupid. Just dumb. And why? Because the government set it up that way. Because they don't care about individuals. They don't care about common people. They don't care about working class. They don't care about middle class. They don't care about lower class. They care about the people who pay them, which is the heads of major corporations, uh, or just corporations in general. That's the only people our government, I can only speak for ours, care about. That's it. Because we don't live in a democracy. We don't live in a constitutional republic like we're supposed to. So We technically live in an oligarchy. And that'll probably be our episode after this series we're about to do on here. Yeah? Would be, was what? Be just explaining what type of government we have. Oh, okay, sure. Because I just don't think people really get that. Uh-huh. Everybody says it's democracy. It's, it's not. Because, like, uh, oh. Never was. What's the one that ran for president that actually could have won? When? I can't remember when. In our lifetime. Okay. I mean, like, was how it long ago? Al Gore? <sighs> Wait, what do you mean? Like, when he, when Because uh, he won technically a lot of states in the popular vote. Yeah, it was Al Gore. Yeah. Back in, when, Which I don't care for. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying technically when, uh, he won. When there was a big, like, stand still over Florida, and we we're all waiting, waiting to see where Florida's going to go. And then they gave Florida the to George Bush. Vote. Yeah. So that was your representatives don't legally have to vote with the popular vote. Correct. And people don't get that. Correct. Now, generally speaking, they do. Mm-hmm. Because they know it's probably, if they get caught doing it, it's probably political suicide. Right, yep. But they don't have to. Nope. And if it's a big enough swing, like with Al Gore, mm-hmm. which I don't care for him, but I'm just saying no. that was Seltior. that was the one that sucks out, you know, sticks out in my mind because he sh- could have been president. Oh, he, even, he won the popular vote. Even more. Oh, even a even more modern example when uh, in 2016 there was like the Democratic primaries. You know, they do the first state, New Hampshire. Then I think the next one's like Iowa or whatever. Um, same thing happened. Bernie Sanders like had an overwhelmingly majority uh, lead. And they decided no, we're gonna uh, we're we're gonna have Hillary. We're gonna vote for Hillary instead. The the people in like the representatives that actually cast their vote mm-hmm. cast it for Hillary instead. Anyways, like nope. Even though the popular vote was all Bernie Sanders, and they had to do that right off the rip because obviously he couldn't get any momentum because they wanted her to be the right. which is all set. Up, obviously, it just pointed out and made it very obvious that oh, it's all just set up. It like and we'll get our back votes to mean nothing here in a second. I just want to yeah. say. The whole Trump's going to win next time just because that's how it's set up to be. Because he got kicked off the ballot. Now he's back on the ballot. It's all a show, yeah. Right, it's a show. Yeah. And I don't care. It's They're professional all, wrestling. It's 100%. Yeah. Uh, same. It's the same stage company. Yeah. Different players playing parts. Same stage company. Heels and faces. If, and I, I'm a big believer in this, you do not get into a decent level of political highness mm-hmm. without being evil. Right. You you have one person I think Thomas think, Massey I really like Thomas I Massey don't, I don't why they're all evil but he does he'd not, be dead he doesn't have any like power though that's the thing he but he does but he do. takes a seat huh he takes a seat yeah he was voted in yeah um he's also a uh person at in his home life is very uh self sufficient he tra- teaches people how to like farm he has a wallapini. He has his own wallapini in his house that he built by himself. See, evil. That's good thing. Which it's, a wallapini is an underground greenhouse, by the way. It's Pete. like a... It's that like, the Native Americans used to make. Here's my opinion. Is You see this a lot with actors, specifically. Mm-hmm. To where some of these uh, 
real, I believe personally, are actually good people, Christian actors, whatever. Mm-hmm. When they get to a certain level, you see them immediately back away from Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And that's telling you that they've seen stuff they, they shouldn't have. Or they didn't want to. They didn't. No, they don't want to be a be part of that part life. Of, yeah. And they backed away. Yep. Like, uh, oh, you know, Chris, I think it was Chris Pratt at one of the award ceremonies, prayed and talked about God and all that. And then he wasn't ever invited back. Yeah. Yeah. And then what's the... Ricky Gervais did that one where he was the. We started calling him. What's the the British or the British comedian? Is that Ricky him? Gervais? Yeah, and he started calling them all pedophiles. Yep, right to their faces, and they were all like, <gasps> "Tom Hanks is the best one." Oh yeah, he just was like, he was mad. Oh yeah, no, he's boiling. Oh yeah, which he, it, God, I somebody can't stand else him. just did that too. Uh, called him out for being pedophile. Let's get back to Rudolph. Yeah, they're all different episodes. Right. What do you think? Who do, who killed Rudolph? Okay, so I went down a little rabbit hole. Um, just. I, I typed in, uh, where was I at? Um, Tom, we were on Thomas Edison. Mm-hmm. We'd figure out when his, you know, time span was. Mm-hmm. So I wrote, you know, who did Thomas Edison work for? And it's like 1868, first thing that pops up. He moved to Boston where he worked for the Western Union office. Western Union. Finance. You know, money. Um, who owns the Western Union? Um, I t- typed that up. Well, Western Union Company is an American multinational financial service corporation. Um, it was founded in 1851 um, in New York as the New York and Mississippi Valley Printing Telegraph Company in Rochester, New York. And then it changed its name to Western Union Telegraph Company. Um, and that's involved in, you know, telegraph-related services, wire money transferring, um, you know, delivering telegraph messages. So it's dealing with communication and dealing with finances. And also, you know who had who was alive during this time, uh, Mr. John D. Rockefeller. He was born in 1838, died in 1937. He was 1838, 1937. Like, yeah, he's one of those. Or 1839 to 1930. Sorry, so he's 98 years old, uh, which or 97 he died. Sorry, he almost made it to 98. Uh, he was a few months away from making this 98. You know, people definitely normal people definitely lived that long back then for sure. I'm sure he, you know, but he had so much money. I'm sure he was kept alive with all whatever stuff he, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But either way, John D. Rockefeller um, owned the Standard Oil Company. You know, he was involved in big oil. Uh, So he owned a lot of money, owned a lot. He owned the oil companies that allows you to, to, uh, Travel basically allows for long distance. You know, it, it's it. That's the w- thing that makes allows you to travel long distances or wherever in short shorter amount of times. Unless you're going to walk everywhere, or you go back to horse and buggy. But um, this is now you know technology is advancing. They have cars and you know motor vehicles. Obviously, with the invention of the diesel engine. So here comes along this new engine that's running off diesel. That's very efficient. That you don't really need you know, big oil anymore. If you're running it off peanut oil or whatever crude oil or not crude oil, but you know, whatever basic oil you can, you could probably pour get your crude hand. oil in it. Oh yeah. That'd probably I don't know how far it'd get you, but you but could it would get you somewhere, but you could also, you know, do it, you know, harvest your own like sunflower oil. I don't know your own peanut oil. You could probably figure it out some other way. Um, just getting it. So I think Rockefeller probably had a major, I, I can't even believe that. We never even talked about Rockefeller. Sorry, go on. I, I think, he, well, I mean, just doing the Edison thing, I'm like, oh, wait. So I don't know if Rockefeller had 
his hand, which I'm almost guaranteeing either he did or someone in his elite group of friends. Because um, they all pl- look timeless. I know they look like uh, like mummies. Gosh, yeah. They all look like uh, you just pulled them out of the, out of a a pyramid. Oh yeah, and then they, they do. Start talking about oil. Yeah. In school. Uh, yeah, and then the education system, which propped up Edison. So, I, you know, I'm pretty sure Edison probably was under the thumb of I Rockefeller could, or worked for I him. Or, I, I just don't think quite to the extent of what we're talking about today. I think that all coalesced together. in the 30s. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think the 30s was the major, uh, was the catalyst to change all that. Because I think all the major wars and stuff are... Um, manufactured and all because of oil, you know, resources, control over common working class uh, people, just the normal memes. populist people. Huh? Some third world countries digging, like they're digging in their backyard and oil starts pouring out of the ground and you start seeing fighter jets. Yeah. Well, and let's relate this to literally now, modern times in Israel and the Gaza Strip. They never tell you the history of any of that. They just tell you it's like starting a play in Act Three. You know, <laughs> skipping Act One and Two. Here's Act Three, and this is what's happening, guys. This is what's happening. Hurry, hurry, we need to fight here. Give them, and then we give them all our tax money. They just found like a few months, or not a few months ago, but we don't they are give them our tax money. No, we give our our no. They take our tax money. Yes, one hundred percent. Yes, taxes. That'll be another episode. Our government eventually. spends our our tax money we to fund war. We don't have that, to pay taxes. That we don't want. I, I don't want to, but I don't want to at all. Do you remember that? Do you ever see that IRS worker? I don't know. That uh, got in so much trouble because she looked into it. Yeah. About the the what where the law says we have to pay taxes. It's probably not in there. She couldn't find it nowhere. Yeah. And she ended up bringing it up to her bosses, and she got fired and then thrown in prison. Oh wow! Maybe that's an episode too. Oh, it is. No, definitely. Uh, She's t- out now. I think she talks. If you're taking notes at home, please keep track and then comment on this episode and say, "When are you guys going to talk about this?" So we remember. Mm-hmm. I know we're about to do like a four parter though. On, oh this. yeah, oh, I know, I know. I'm just being future reference. This is mm-hmm. more fodder to dig into. Um, but what was I saying right before that with uh, Rockefellers? I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, 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 taxes. They're paying our taxes. The oh, I was gonna. I was comparing it to modern day like war, and I think big oil and stuff manufactures war, t- um, and to control resources and to c- control human uh, working class people because you know we uh, majority of our paycheck goes to taxes. And I guarantee if you knew where your taxes were going, you would not support it. You would not support any of that tax money going towards any of that stuff. But, like, they just found a couple months ago an article released that off the Gaza Strip in, like, the Mediterranean, they found, like, trillions, trillions of dollars worth of oil reserves under the – under the uh, underground, obviously, but just off the coast of the Gaza Strip that, that the Palestine people, like, they own. And if you didn't know – uh, Israel is the one, you know, Hamas, this big evil government that runs Palestine. Yes, they're not good people. Yeah. Yes, they do very bad things. But who put them in power? It was Israel. Israel's the one funding Hamas. Israel's the one that controlled their elections and make sure they're the ones that got put in power. Because with this group in power, Israel then has an excuse for when something 
eventually happens, which that attack that happened, Israel knew about it. An article came out. They knew about it a whole year in advance that that was going to happen. They allowed it to happen. So, so once it finally did happen, it gave them the excuse to go in there and bomb everybody. They're bombing just the everyday normal citizens that aren't doing anything to people. They're killing those people, but using an excuse saying, Hamas has underground tunnels under hospitals, under schools, yeah, under neighborhoods of normal people. Just everyday people, they're bombing all that. They're ethnically ethnically cleansing the whole area so Israel can swoop in, take that territory because they don't want a two state solution. They they don't want any of that, and they want the oil. All right, this is about Rudolph. Yes, well, it all, it all. I mean, it all does connect. It does I, all I, connect. I, this I is probably why. This is so. That's just modern day reason, like ex, example. But Rudolph led, you know, a new invention. A new opportunity for people to uh, prosper. See, I don't... And dead. I don't think he died. I think the the British Royal Navy got him. Just absorbed him? Yeah. And and, and this is pre... So British, you know, yes, military and the military intelligence, the higher-ups are all controlled by... Like his family was called into England to ID the quote-unquote remains, his stuff. Yeah. I think that was a way to get him out without Germany getting really suspicious. Mm. Getting them just to England. And then shipping them to Canada to build submarines. Other things, yeah. Yeah. Because all the submarines came from Canada mm. in New York for, you know, the British Royal Navy, for the U.S., and they, the diesel engines. Mm. Like, so I that's what I think happened is there's a lot of strings connecting him. Yeah. And I think his death was faked. So the, the basically Germany would give up on him. I could see that. Just to stop chasing that, you know, stop chasing that. And then they, they get his family out. Mm-hmm. They got all the money. And then... Come and ID or follow your stuff. It's a good theory. That's kind of what I think. Yeah. Because I could see it, but I could also see Germany just whacking him or Roosevelt, not Roosevelt, Rockefeller. Rockefeller, or, you know, I could, all of it makes, is plausible. I think you pick any one of those names out of a hat. Yeah. They're probably just as likely as the other. Right. I think actually, out of all those organizations, Edison's probably the least likely, but still likely. What, to have killed him? Yeah. Yeah. Because nah, he can't do anything. He, the only thing he kills is an elephant. No, he they threw a bunch of people off ships. That was his thing. Yeah, but not the, him. Yeah, I know. His two goons. Right. But uh, I can't remember their names because they had like, it was like Thud and Eleanor. <laughs> Something goofy, you know. They were Butch and Woim. Very, very goon names. Right, yeah. The one guy was like nine and a half feet tall. Jeez. Dragged his knuckles. Yeah. Uh, the other one was red and furry. A hair, yeah, just a, a big hairless gorilla in a suit. <laughs> Just, <laughs> okay, I could see it because he didn't want really to get electrocuted to death. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The see other, what I did the elephant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throws Rudolph into the ocean, but folds his clothes first because it's like a party trick. Look, the grill's folding your clothes. And then he chucks you into the ocean. Yeah. Wow, this is fun. Like he's clapping. Like good job. <laughs> and he grabs his throat. Ah. But no, I'm I'm going. You're going. Uh, I'm I'm going. He escaped to. Yeah, or not escape, but was I moved. I, mean, I don't know if it was willing or not. Probably not. Uh, it could have been. It could have been an arranged thing, and that's because or it's like an ultimatum. I, like it could have been his escape. Yeah, where the British are like, "We'll take care of you. We'll get your family here. Get your, get your wife money. Leave a note. Right. You know, or or your dead. message. Yeah. Or and we'll help you guys get out because he already told the Germany no. Yeah. If he was scared of dying, he would have told him yes. Like super scared of just being right executed by one or the other. Right. Well, maybe, but then maybe that's when like the British 
military swooped in. It's like, all right, well, knife to his throat. You're going to either do this and for work for us, or this is the end of you I, and your family and your kids, probably. So I don't think the British did that for him. I think he was pretty willing to work with the rest of the world. So I don't think he needed that kind of motivation. Hmm. Not saying the, the any of those governments wouldn't have done that to him. Right. But I think it was the option he wanted anyways. Mm-hmm. So I think it was much more friendlier like of a of an option. I don't think anybody from the UK or the, from the British Royal Navy was threatening him cuz he was already working on plants in Canada. He was already doing that stuff. He wanted it there. So I don't think he needed that motivation. Sure, if they didn't need, you know, if he didn't want to do it, there would have been some motivation. Right, yeah. I just don't think it was had to. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I think he was killed by Rockefeller and they stole his patents just and his ideas likely. and just wiped him off the wiped him off. He knew about it was coming. And he, so he left his wife all of his money, drained everything, and left her at least so his family at least knew had something. something. Was coming. Ab- absolutely. I, I mean, it could have been. You just seen, <laughs> just seen Edison, just like poking around the corners, <laughs> like a shadow person. Like, oh right, all right, yeah, it's time. Probably not good. This guy, yeah. this eight and a half foot tall gorilla, has been following me in a trench coat for the last three weeks. Right. Yeah. Probably not, not good. Not good. But yeah, interesting. Rudolph Diesel. I never knew. Wilberg. What's your final messages? I think uh, I think do things to benefit humanity. Uh, you know, be positive, stay positive. Look out for your neighbors. We're uh, we're in this together. Uh, there's no one that's better than you, and no one that's worse than you. Uh, treat us all like we're just human beings experiencing a journey to learn and to grow together. And once you start putting other people down like major corporation leaders do and other people in power that are full of evil and just want to benefit themselves. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.